I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan Pagella. And this is The Mutant Ages, <laughs> a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. But let's be honest, we really only made the show so we could watch X-Men Evolution. And uh, now we're ending the podcast. Just kidding. We are we're never not. ending this podcast. Do you not <laughs> lie to our listeners like that? It's so no, mean. No, <laughs> we would never end it. We would never end it. But it is sad that X-Men Evolution was ended. It is sad. It is sad. Unlike this show. And we are going to bid it farewell. We are going to put it on a boat that sails out to sea. <laughs> We're going to get some arrows, light them on fire, shoot yep, at the boat. fire them into the boat. <laughs> Somebody will hit a yeah. gong in the background. Somebody else will play yep. a flute. Yeah, Danny boy. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say, stuff I was is gonna going say, on. I, I, I thought you were going to say it's Danny's flute, but you know. <laughs> what? Oh, oh. <laughs> Like Danny Woodstar's sexy flute. She does have a sexy flute. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power growing us both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures. start this show to watch every adaptation of the x-men well yes that's true i i feel like we started with wanting to watch every animated adaptation okay, no the actual start was we were only watching x-men the animated series which we were excited about and we were like we'll do pride of the x-men because that's the true pilot to that i was like let's just do x-men tas and then you were like well we can't skip pride of the x-men because you and i are obsessed with pride of the x-men like people are always surprised that that's our pilot episode and like impressed and it's like you don't know how many times we watch that and you don't <laughs> know dhs <laughs> How obsessed we are with that stupid hey. fucking theme song <laughs> and, like how little sense the words make honestly the mutant ages title is from that theme song oh do people my God. know that okay, by the way this is so insane that you're even commenting that we just got a listener we've mail. never explained no, it Maddie, we've never explained it we literally it. got a listener mail like three days ago <laughs> which i was saving for next week when we record the listener mail but i oh guess we'll God. answer it now the answer is yes it's pulled from pride of the x-men when it says because Magneto says the mutant age has begun, yeah. right? Isn't that part of the lyrics? I don't know if it's Magneto. I think it's just Stan Lee talking, right? Yeah. Or some narrator. Well, either way, we pulled it from part of the X-Men. That is where the name came from. I don't remember how many other names we came up before it because like all the other ones we came up with were shitty quite frankly i don't think we came up with that many uh i'm sure i did and it was me being like x-men x podcast wolverine wants to fuck ryan the podcast we like <laughs> x-men the podcast and maddie was like why don't we look at the dialogue of some of our favorite we're songs we're so off topic i am sorry i brought well, this up now it's the being point answered. is 
throughout all of this, we've been excited to get to X-Men Evolution because this is the time period that we were teenagers. This is also the time period that like me and Katie were getting super into X-Men because X-Men 2000 was out. And that was like when Katie grudgingly decided she liked X-Men after all. (laughs) Like everything else. And we had X-Men parties every year, which I'm sure people remember. But like X-Men Evolution was like the main deal during that time period. Like we liked it. I mean, I think X-Men the Animated Series was first but by the time we were having the x-men themed but it was already out you know what i mean like it was already out well right and x-men evolution was like the new hotness it was and i think by the time that we were having those x-men themed parties evolution was well underway Mm -hmm. and into its second or third season whereas x-men the animated series was something that you katie and i enjoyed prior to that well it was long over by then we were still watching the episodes and i remember at the x-men parties we would view x-men the animated series and i think i do think x-men the animated series left a bigger mark on us at that time but then over the years evolution was sort of the one that we related to yeah i think because x-men tas is actually a pretty good adaptation of a lot of comic book storylines i mean we talked about that on that show it's really rushing through them but it's also hitting a lot of the major plot points and adapting them fairly well and a lot of people's general familiarity with the arcs of x-men comics comes from that show and maybe they've read some of the comics but like most people have seen that show you know whereas x-men evolution was like basically a fan fiction premise like it wasn't popular at the time which i guess we're going to get into but yeah it was totally different and that was such a creative risk when you think about it because it's like x-men 2000 had only just come out or was about to come out and was going to introduce people to a new version of the x-men and then also x-men evolution was like and so are we like a totally different version of them that's like not for the movie and not the ones that you know and then also warcraft valley was introduced to the world right of course yes and everyone was familiar with that (laughs) other version of the x-men where some of them were dating ryan pagella's uh original character poochie chain like people were so confused by that and they were like i thought iceman was canonically gay but he wasn't out yet so that was really crazy for people too yeah like i know it was really difficult for to understand why (laughs) my self-insert character kept on cheating on iceman with warren worthington i'm still kind of curious about that because i feel like bobby didn't deserve that he did it i'm glad we're gonna get into it he did it he did it you can ask katie's opinion on this whenever for anyone who's new here we have another podcast called warcraft valley which is me and our other best friend katie reading our old x-man fan fiction yep it's really bad and my self-insert character pretty much sleeps around the entire x-mansion because i was like coming out at that time i'm sure that's shocking to people to learn that you would be sleeping around the x mansion yeah i know look we're not here to judge we're just here to talk about the period of time but we are here to talk about x-men evolution yeah although that does that does fit Uh, that's what i was trying to do i was trying to tee us up for an intro we just kept going off topic here's the thing i remember this time period I don't think you had met Elena or Callie at our friends from high school. That seems impossible. It was pretty early on. But anyway, there's a party I wasn't at. Maybe you were at it and I'm just wrong. But there was a party for Cal in which like the three of us, Elena, Cal and I were all jumping around and quoting X-Men Evolution. And it was for his birthday at the time. And I remember me specifically being Kurt Cal was Kitty and Elena was Boom Boom. And like that was just our life for like an entire summer was us watching X-Men Evolution, going down to the pond down the street from Elena's house, quoting X-Men and just screaming it. (laughs) And I I remember like 
I would just record all these. We, I don't know. This is something that Cal and I did all the time is that we would just sit there and record. Well, we have a video of you pretending to be Sage on the Patreon. I know that is true. You could go to our Patreon. With Cal laughing insanely <laughs> in, in the, the background, background because it's like every single thing you say, regardless of whether it's funny, because like that was the energy of these videos, which was literally like. I kind of miss it. Honestly, I, I do like, miss well, it. I was like, okay, so this is the time period before every single person had a phone camera in their pocket. But Ryan had a video camera. So it was like we were doing the equivalent of what kids do now where it was like, okay, let's pretend to be the X-Men and make a funny video. But we didn't have YouTube or TikTok to put it on. So it was literally just Just let's show it to our friends (laughs) on a VHS tape later. (laughs) Like that's the kind of thing we were doing at the X-Men parties is like, here's some videos we made. Like it's that was the most you could really do then because even uploading a video to the internet, like YouTube had a 10 minute limit for a really long time. Like you couldn't even do that. That. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That is crazy. I know, isn't I it? I just remember that I would always record not these videos, but these like wave files we would mm-hmm. record in what I think was Audacity at the time. But it would be it would be a serious radio play of us performing as the character. Right. It would introduce with me be like <laughs> Hello, my name is Kurt Wagner, and I'm here with my good friend Kitty. Hi, Kitty. Like, that's the kind of energy that I was bringing all the time, because X-Men Evolution was so... Yeah, you know, early podcasting. <laughs> this this episode. <laughs> where are we? Okay, so anyway, my point is that X-Men Evolution was very influential for us at the time, in a way that was different from X-Men the Animated Series. Obviously, we quoted X-Men the Animated Series all the time, and we also mm-hmm. loved certain panels of it, like Katie and I referenced that Nightcrawler episode for years and years and years after it had come out. We quoted Gene saying, I sense people nearby. We still quote that. Okay, we still quote that. That was the other episode. That's the Butter Dish episode, which is another episode we are still obsessed with. Yeah, I know. And then X-Men Evolution came along, and I think we didn't realize how impactful it was for for us because even though we were like printing out screen caps from the TV show and literally plastering it across our walls like its own wallpaper, we were still like X-Men the Animated Series was the show of our time, which I think it was for our childhood, but for our teens, I think X-Men Evolution actually was very relatable in a lot of different ways um, that I don't think we recognized at the time. Like, obviously, we were quoting it and pretending to be those characters and constantly referencing it. Mm-hmm. And dressing as them, because the X-Men parties would be cosplay parties, too. Yeah, but, like, I don't think we understood why we were doing that. Right. I mean, I think part of why was because they were wearing regular clothes that you would actually wear at that time. Like, it's not like they were wearing, like, absurd cosplays. Well, sure. Maybe that's why we were cosplaying them. But I think as to why we were so obsessed with the show, which I think we, in the critical lens of watching it for the mutant ages, I'm like, oh, well, well it's because it's just gay and it's queer. Yeah. And, like, we had no other show. Like, isn't that crazy to think about that? There wasn't even another show that we could find relatable. Well, we had Batman the Animated Series, which we decided was gay. That was not a queer show, though. I mean, no, like, I know, but I'm just saying we decided it was gay. That's all I'm saying. I mean, like, we decided that Bruce Wayne and Nightwing were banging along with the Joker and Batman. Yeah, but I, I just think... I feel like we would put that into whatever we were watching, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was there. Whereas X-Men Evolution, I'm not even sure we saw it that way at the time though like i don't i don't know that we did and i we feel like didn't. some of that was like a lack of media literacy like who has that when they're 15 but not us um we weren't paying attention at school so like we were just enjoying it and then later on in life watching stuff i started to notice things like oh like this is what this show is really yeah. about in ways that i obviously wasn't as a teenager right in all fairness 
if we had TV shows like Legend of Korra and Steven Universe growing up and having sort of queerness being actively yeah. talked about and referenced, I think we would have been able to pick up on it a lot faster because we just didn't have that. Yeah, I mean, that's what kids have now. And now they all talk about politics openly on the all the time. I mean, also the Internet is completely different now. So kids can like learn about that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I do think that X-Men, the animated series sort of set the tone about talking about politics as a general concept and sort of marginalization in a way that nobody else had also done. Mm -hmm. So I guess I would argue Gargoyles and Batman the Animated Series also did that to extent, but I don't think it did it as well as X-Men the Animated Series did, and then later on X-Men Evolution. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I feel like a lot of it is just us watching it now and being like, wow, this show was saying a lot of stuff that we didn't realize it was at the time, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I remember, like, literally, we would just sit there and record us reading the scripts. Which I wish I could find those now, because, like, I've looked for some scripts and I'm like, where were those that we found those? Like, I don't know, because I've had to write all the scripts that we've read for our charity live stream. So, like, I really have no idea where we were finding those. But honestly, I don't think they were the original screenplays. I think they were like... I don't either. I think it was somebody writing it down and, like, putting it on a GeoCities or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they were official in any way. Like, it was just people doing what we did. I know. Can you even imagine that? Like, I we talk about it on here because it this is the same time period and era as early internet when you couldn't just Google things like you can now. Yeah, I mean, there's a pretty detailed X-Men Evolution wiki. Anyway, so let's talk about X-Men Evolution. I have some questions for us. Okay. Obviously. I mean, I, th- I feel like we've got this off to a good start talking about our general feelings on the show. Yeah, because we got to say goodbye by talking about what it was like for us. Because I, I don't, we're not going to have this experience with any other show. Right. So the first question I have for each of us. Okay. And I'll let you answer first is who was your favorite character on this show? And honestly, I don't know what your answer is going to be. I don't either because I was like, I knew you were going to ask these questions and I thought about it and yet okay so there's a couple different variants on this so there's who's your favorite character and then there's also a character you were surprised to fall in love with Mm -hmm. when you watched this because i mean obviously we'll walk just and be like we know we're gonna like logan right so like although actually he doesn't logan doesn't have very much to do on this show so it would be weird to pick him as a favorite because he doesn't really he's he's barely there sure but like i'm saying like in terms of a character you're surprised to fall in love with right and i i think i said rogue for tas which is like still a great answer but it, it meant that going into this show i already was like i have high expectations for rogue which doesn't mean that i'm like oh i don't like rogue on this show i think she's great but it just meant that she like met my expectations as opposed to really surprising me yeah and also she like evolved into animated series rogue by the end of the show which i enjoyed mm-hmm. although i would say she's still a pretty different character i mean i know that's your fun little headcanon of like oh when rogue was young she was really goth and it's like okay maybe but i do enjoy that where she's all like i saved the world not that i wanted to save the world yeah <laughs> like, but like there's they don't match up because rogue and tas has like massive 80s hair and is just like from a different time period and like rogue in honestly, this show she looks amazing she does but i'm just i'm just saying both of them represent their time periods in such key ways but I think for this answer, I'm going to have to go with Gene as my favorite character because this is probably the only show where Gene Gray gets to do anything. 
and I'm like basically including the live action movies in this where the live action gene and the next show we're about to watch too know, where she she's dies gonna die immediately, immediately and then gets amnesia yeah and like TAS I mean boy we could go on and on about how useless Gene is on that show and we did on this show and like almost every week I was like well Gene's useless again and like I would talk about that in our politics section or whatever and like it was frustrating and obviously we made fun of it all the time but it was pretty cool to watch this show and have Gene be pretty badass but also still clearly a teenager she has plenty of flaws she's got plenty of problems but she's also pretty fucking cool and she just seems like a real person and these were the reasons why i liked Jean gray as a kid i mean i still like her now but yeah yeah i like that she had a fiery personality on x-men evolution they gave that to her yeah which i feel like matches the comics in a lot of ways but she's a leader but she's also flawed but in interesting ways as opposed to scott where i'm just like whatever he's just a goody goody and like that arc isn't as interesting to me but but i also kind of get why they fell in love i mean this show kind of makes it all make sense in a certain way that the comics you know they have their moments but i I don't know as a kid i was always like shouldn't gene just be with logan he's the sexy one and like this show obviously takes logan off the table and introduces all these other conflicts and characterization for gene that was missing from TAS and I don't know I just think it's really rad and it's too bad that we didn't get to see the whole Phoenix thing play out because I feel like that would have been I really agree. well done just based on how Jean was treated by this show I also liked on X-Men Evolution the way they animated her powers on the show was really mm-hmm. cool like I mean they never like in the X-Men the animated series she would always hold her fingers to her head and then like a beam <laughs> yeah. would shoot out of the little headpiece into something to lift it up And in this, it was so much more casual. Like sometimes you would see her moving her hands around. Sometimes something would float up and then she would grab it like that golf ball, not the golf ball, the ping pong ball. Mm -hmm. It was just really cool to see the way that they did it more subtly and been like, yeah, kids can understand what's happening here. Yeah, they just assume that you get how telekinesis would look and that there's not going to be like little beams coming out of her head to like move something or whatever. I mean, I like it a lot better. It's way more subtle. I mean, it's like the movie. Like Jean just moves stuff and it's no big deal and you get that it's her, yeah. you know? And that's all you need. I liked it. That's a good point. Who was a character you were surprised to fall in love with? Wait, you're not going to answer the first question oh, first? I I, okay, yeah, I can do it first. I mean, this is this is tough. Well, I know what my answer is, but... I do want to do an honorable shout out to both Nightcrawler and Mystique on the show because I think they're both incredible. Obviously, I related to Kurt a lot on this show at the time because mm-hmm. I just was being him for like a full year. In Mystique, I think I think this is the best incarnation we've ever seen of Mystique in the live action series or the cartoons. Yeah. So they're like a close second and third for me. But I got to go with Boom Boom as my number one mm-hmm. because I fucking love her. <laughs> She's the Jubilee of this show, but like way more distressed. Destructive, <laughs> way more fun. I feel like she's like all the punk girls I hung out with in high school. It's also like she's barely there, but all the moments that she is there, she's really making a splash, shall we say. I, I was gonna say, like, Boom Boom doesn't even get a like a title credit. She's not there all the time, but she is so much more memorable than some of the characters who are there all the time because she's just so much fun. And I don't think we've ever seen her in anything else. Like, I know that she has like a cameo in X-Men, the animated series and Wolverine and the X-Men, but like Mm -hmm. she's just so much fun and like chaotic energy and like fuck the police, fuck authority. (laughs) Like honestly, like 
incredible teenage energy very gay very gay in this show i love her in the comic books too yeah. because she's always just been such a mistress of chaos like everybody knows that she mm-hmm. is my number six of my top 20 she is just incredible especially as a teenager who also was very rebellious and how boom boom will like straight mm-hmm. up like roll her eyes at professor xavier when he's making her do stupid bullshit and then she's like you know, honestly, I don't want to deal with this shit, so I'm not going to. Goodbye. <laughs> and like, It's very iconic, especially for a teen, to see somebody who's like, I would actually rather <laughs> live anywhere but here. Yeah, because that's how full of shit you are. Like, that is cool to see. I also love how she's completely complicit with all the damages she's always causing. She's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she I does know, not it's care. Wild. But I think it's really important to note that she... For a character who does not get a lot of screen time in the show, certainly she gets way more than any other the New Mutants do. But mm-hmm. she has like this background that is very sad and real where she has an abusive parent. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously been out on the streets before. Um, she's been used in many other ways to make money. Uh, in the comic books, it's like even worse. I think she's she is both... Um, a thief she's used to rob people and i think at some point she's used as a prostitute which is super Mm -hmm. fucked up similar to x23's backstory i feel like this was a comic book trope for a little while while. like badass character lives on the street also they did sex work for Uh, a period of time with a manipulative pimp it's never like oh this character decided to reclaim and sell their sexuality it's like no there's a terrifying person forcing them to do it every time it's just like her dad. I, I thought that was really kind of bold for X-Men Evolution to do is to tell a story of Boom Boom being like, yeah, this is my abusive dad who keeps yeah. on hurting me. I like it because it, it kind of shows you not to trust all adults, which is something that X-Men Evolution does a lot. And honestly, a lot of shows didn't do that at the time. I know. It was very impressive. And in that same episode that we were introduced properly to Boom Boom, I mean, she kind of rebels against her dad. And at the end, Xavier's like, are you coming back? She's like, no, I don't like you either. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then she just like moves into the Brotherhood house. Yeah, I know. But she doesn't stay there either because I think she's like Mystique's vibe is off, you know? Like she just kind of bops right. around. She's like, what's wrong with these people? And also, Boom Boom is like the only character on this entire show who showed any respect to Fred and Toad. Just say it. I know. They went to the dance together. It was adorable. And she like gave Fred a punk rock haircut. Right. Admittedly, that was sort of a bit. I know. But I know. it was still cute. <laughs> All right. So who, which character were you surprised to fall in love with? Okay. So I'm going to go with Toad for this because oh, I that's never a good would have guessed this in a million years ever. Like going into this show, I never would have been like, you know who I'm going to end up having a soft spot for? Toad. Like, what? <laughs> he was pretty, like, pretty well. crazy. He, no, I know, but it's not like I went in thinking that. And especially reading the comic about Toad last week, I was just like, damn, I really like this character. And like, he gets to do a lot on X-Men Evolution and his lines in the finale were some of my favorite lines of that finale, crazily. Like his his laugh lines were really good. He has a lot of funny one-liners. I remember in the pilot, I kind of made fun of him and I was like, what's this fucking Eminem ass version of Toad? And like, what is this? And like, I was not vibing with it. D Toad! I mean, it's like absurd that they give him that little rap song. But then... It kind of changes over time where it's like, yeah, Toad is this tragic character who hates himself, 
But he like swings rapidly back and forth between that sense of hating himself and performatively acting like he's really hot and just being like, yeah, whatever. I'm the hot guy. And like, (gasps) I don't know. It's do you know what I mean, though? It's kind of like he's a version of Nightcrawler, but like a tragic version of him. They kind of made them arch nemesis on this show a little bit. Well, I get why, though, because it's like Toad is the tragic version of it where it's like he's seen as ugly and disgusting by everybody. And he's just kind of like, fuck you, whatever. And like, I really like his relationship with Fred. I think they're cute together. Obviously, I ship it. But like, I just also think their genuine friendship on the show is cool. Toad is usually the person who isn't making fun of Fred and is instead like you know, being cool with them. And I don't, I don't know. I like him and I like his arc overall a lot on this show and feel like he w- ended up being an extremely well-rounded character for someone who in the movie is a joke and like, doesn't need to be there. and was probably okay, oftentimes is a joke in the comic books as well. I know. So like, this is sort of a unique version of Toad who's surprisingly deep and I'm a fan. I like Toad on this show. Well, I'm going to follow that up. I mean, this isn't my, character i was most surprised to fall in love with but i was gonna say that the brotherhood in general in this show brings Mm -hmm. a really fun energy well you weren't surprised to fall in love with them though you know like come on we knew going in we were gonna love the brotherhood oh yeah i know we i think we really loved fred on this show too but we love when fred's around in general because we just like fred yeah but i mean like they're all really awesome i i mean we know that the brotherhood is just all of us in high school so it's kind of hard not to love them but, you mm-hmm. know, when we were doing our ex-gala meetup last week, right, there was that question about who voted for who in the Hellfire Gala this year. And I was like, I went Avalanche because even in the comic books, I feel like all those characters are kind of cool and got to get their own arcs later on in as decades have gone by, you know, in writing them. And I think X-Men Evolution helped with that. I think it helped it along mm-hmm. to allow people to love characters like Toad or Fred, Avalanche. We did get to see other Brotherhood members from the original run of Brotherhood in the comic books. Like, we got to see Mastermind and Pyro. They were just kind of made into alkaloids later. So, that's I don't true. know. I agree with you. I think that's a good answer. I, I wasn't expecting that for some reason. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but then again, I didn't know who you were going to pick at all. Uh, so, my pick is actually evan spike oh good pick good pick because when i watched it the first time around uh-huh. i appreciated him being there but i didn't really understand his deal at the time because like i just was not as aware of politics at the time i also feel like both of us heading into this show were like well why isn't storm a teenager why'd they invent a character and he's related to storm that's a stereotype like we definitely went in with a lot of skepticism you know like yeah. we were like oh, this is probably gonna feel shoehorned in and like why isn't storm there you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I think we both went in not expecting to hate Evan, but expecting to be like, well, he's barely going to be there and we're not going to understand why he's there. But then he actually had some really cool storylines. So I get it. He did. I think the reason why I really fell in love with him was for a couple different reasons. One, I was surprised with how much I related to him out of all the characters on the show. Being an adult uh-huh. and being like, wow, this is he is Ryan Pagella in his teens where he's running around with a video camera, skipping out on school, school. (laughs) being told by everyone all the time that he has to try harder. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think there was characters like Beast in my life that were teachers that were like, no, you are really smart. You know, you just don't want to try. Well, I I think Beast's whole thing with Evan was like, you know, I want to see you succeed. And I sort of get that you are hardened by things that have happened in your life and therefore 
it's much harder for you to participate in this. So what can I do to help you? Like I've definitely had teachers who like reached out like that. I never experienced fully what Evan experiences. And I think obviously my eyes have really opened over the years. I mean, I've always been an ally to the Black Lives Matter movement. Even before it had a name, I would say. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like just just for some background, like in my family, my babysitter when I was a kid was my sister's best friend who was a gay black man who did drag like that was the energy that i had so like i was already like pro well also like your mom was a dance dance teacher teacher, so like like, you were surrounded by a lot of queerness growing up as well yeah and like the other people that they did the the theater with was a lesbian couple that were trying to like adopt a child like that is sort of the politics i was exposed to as a child Mm -hmm. which thank god honestly because it made me a much more well-rounded person but seeing Evan's struggle in this from so many different perspectives, because it's not just that he's a mutant. He's also black and he's queer. Like, I don't think he's written to be straight on the show at all. Yeah. It's something I would love to ask the creators about because that's just not an energy he has. Well, I mean, in a way it almost doesn't matter whether or not they think that because it's like, what matters is what it means to you and like what you find resonant, you know? Right. But like, here's the thing is like, like all the characters have these moments where they like kind of crush on somebody. And like most we ever see is like a weird gay rivalry with the other openly queer character on this show, which is Pietro. I know. And I'm like, is this like a thing? It, all that Evan's being told to do throughout this show is you got to suppress your mutant powers. We don't let, want people to see you. Um, you have to act like one of the white kids if you want to fit in here. Otherwise, Xavier's just going to put you back in jail. Mm-hmm. So he's being told these things. So if he's also gay, it's almost like what happened with Bobby in the comics where he's like, I had to suppress it and not show anybody because it was already so dangerous to be a mutant right. and be hunted for that, that also to be gay on top of that. And in Evan's case, it's like he's black also and he has a mutant power that ends up manifesting on his body in a very visible way. Right. And people are telling him to like hide it and it ends up hurting Mm -hmm. him. And like, I kind of relate to that. Like, I mean, I don't, I'm very grateful that I, I mean, we, you and I definitely went through a very long period of time where we were like, who can we let know? Like, who is it okay? In early 2000s, Mm -hmm. we're like, we had to figure out who it was safe to reveal that we were queer to mm-hmm. and that was really hard because we would have to like suppress that but i don't i think that's like the most relatable it comes to that for us with evan but like that did create a lot of damage that i'm still sifting through on multiple years of therapy at this point mm-hmm. it's really damaging to like hide those things that you feel it also makes me think of a lot of like all those we always talk about like straight men that aren't straight but like tell everybody they're straight because they're trying to suppress that because they're afraid of people knowing which is like yeah really scary for somebody who's queer mutant and black and that it ends with him having to leave the institute and going to live with the morlocks who he ends up having this really incredible arc where he comes back and he's like yeah I'm going to fucking fight back against racists and homophobes because uh, nobody else is, including Xavier or the Morlocks. <laughs> well, but he ends up inspiring the Morlocks, though, which is really rad. You know, Callisto's all like, hey, you got to watch what you're doing because these Morlocks, they can't defend themselves. And Evan's like, okay, so they're going to come and they're going to try and kill us eventually. Mm-hmm. Us hiding isn't going to work forever because I've been hiding my entire life in some parts of me i can't even hide Mm -hmm. and i just think it was just a really good story line and arc to see for a character i just loved when he was there 
and I just like totally fell in love with them and I like was yeah I found it very relatable so I don't know I don't know if I have anything else to add I think I got around it in a very clunky way yeah but. <laughs> no that was no you did great I I feel like I totally agree Evan is a really good pick and to speak to the part about Evan not having a love interest I feel like a criticism somebody could say would be like oh it's because he's the black character and so therefore they feel like they can't pair him with like Kitty or something because like oh that'd be so scary an interracial relationship but I guess my counterpoint to that would be like this is a show that pairs Kurt with Amanda and makes Amanda a black character. Also, technically, Amara and Boom Boom. Yeah, Amara and Boom Boom as well, which is so far because it's like they're really trying to have both a queer relationship and an interracial relationship there. But just to go back to Kurt and Amanda for a second, I would say Kurt is very much coded <laughs> as a white character. Like, yes, he's blue, <laughs> but socially he's coded as a white character. The blue people, the Smurf people. You know what I'm saying, though, Ryan? Like, he's supposed to be a white kid. Yeah. And he's, I would say, in an interracial relationship. So that I don't think is the reason why Evan doesn't end up with anyone. It could be maybe why, but I like think it's because he's supposed I don't to be know. Gay. I do agree with you that it's because he's supposed to be queer. Whether again that was intentional or not, no clue. I don't know, but it's I don't know. It does feel like he and Pietro had something going on, and then it ended. And Pietro's obviously gay, and so obviously not over it. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like I don't know. It's too bad they didn't keep going with that because I would have been interested to see their rivalry continue you know i agree oh well so that's my answer um cool all right next question favorite episode this one's hard this one's like really hard honestly i think you're gonna have to like list off a few (laughs) i feel like i need to look at our playlist really quick so i can like see what they all are i mean i i I know them because like it's me and i'm obsessed with this show well do you want to go first since you already have an answer all right all right so our favorite episode maddie's doing some research right now because she forgot the entire show um, no, I didn't. It's just that I can only. <laughs> oh my god! It's because it's because I can only remember like the recent ones, and I know you're gonna say like, "Oh, the Boom Boom episode is probably your favorite, right?" Like, I mean, I I found that in rewatching this show, <laughs> there was a lot of times I said, "This is my favorite episode." It's like, yeah, I, know, I don't right? feel like that's fair. Okay, so ones that really stand out to me that I can get back to. Obviously, the Boom Boom one is a good answer. Where we already kind of talked about it in our highlight. Um, I also really enjoy that time period. That's like the last two episodes of season two into the last first three episodes of season three. That's like just one giant episode that's split up between five episodes mm-hmm. is incredible. It made me cry. It's the ones where uh, basically the X-Men are outed by Magneto on television. Yeah. And then the Sentinels appear and try to kill all of them. And then, it just goes from like zero to a hundred in like two seconds where all the cops show up to the X mansion and try to kill them. And then like the SWAT teams and the army shows up and they try killing them. And so everybody has to go on the run and everyone keeps saying, Oh my God, this is so fucked up. What are we going to do? And storms the one being like, okay, welcome to my world. This is like what life's going to be from now on is that people are going to keep on trying to shoot us. Uh, and then Gene has to be the one who, tries to make a speech to the school board being like hey can you allow mutants to be in school and it's completely queer coded while the kids have been trying to hide themselves and not fight back against the brotherhood that senator kelly or has basically tricked into coming into school to get them all expelled and like make them look bad 
like just really strong incredible dark stuff i just love all that i think you're by the way for the names if anybody's curious i think you're talking about day of reckoning part one and two right and then day of recovery stuff of heroes and i think i believe mainstream is the episode where gene gives the speech mainstream is the one where they all go back to school and it's like oh all these kids are gay yeah and that's also the one where where evan is like angry and everybody's telling him to stop being so mad which is like an interesting storyline yeah i think that is also interesting um also obviously the episode about spike that i just talked about with the morlocks and shout out to walk on the wild side which i know people have argued as being like a bad episode i fucking love that i mean i'm thinking about picking it it is bad but i love it i don't even think we gave it a five i i feel like this is part of why it's so hard for me to answer this no we gave it a five because we were like listen this show this is amazing and it's so gay <laughs> we might have given it a four i don't I, so know that's why i was like i'm like it's gonna be hard to pick one episode that we really really like mean, you didn't pick one you picked five i did i did <laughs> Oh my god. Well, I do like Walk on the Wild Side. I feel like it's hard not to give a shout out to the X-23 episode, the first one, because I feel like so attached to that one because I just thought X-23 was so cool. And I don't know, it's it's almost like when I think about the episodes that really work for me now, it's like episodes that surprised me a lot, like Spike Cam, for example, where it's like, oh, I didn't even expect this to be so interesting and good. Or like some of the more recent ones like Cajun Spice. And oh, yeah, uh, I love that one. That one was really <laughs> cleverly done. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I feel like there's another one that I was thinking of that I was like, oh, that ended up being really good. Although now that I'm scrolling, I can't find it. Is it the one where like Beast turns into Beast? <laughs> well, based of Bayville. Yeah. I mean, that one's pretty good. I'm surprised you're not giving a shout out to like Danny and Kitty trying to fuck in a cave. I did like Danny and Kitty trying to fuck in a cave. <laughs> Ghost of a Chance. That's a good episode. Oh, that's the title. Kitty and Danny fucking a cave. Oh, you know what I was going to say? This is so obvious is Uprising, the Spike episode that we were just referring oh, to. Yeah. I feel like it's probably the best episode of the show. Oh, I agree. I think you and I can both agree to that. If we're just talking in terms of what's the actual best episode, I think it is Uprising. Like just from a pure craft standpoint and like writing and what works and what makes the show tick, it's Uprising. Oh, yeah. And it's great to like give to a new person and be like, what's the X-Men? You're like, just watch this episode, even though it's like about evan and the morlocks a character that was invented for the show yeah yeah but that's part of why it's so special is because it's like this is an episode that only x-men evolution could do it's really not a comic book storyline or anything else it's not based on anything else it's just its own story and it's really good it's great so in a way that feels like the right answer but it also like objectively is but <laughs> it's also <laughs> okay, yeah. just it's hard not to shout out all these other episodes that we love because i really like the whole show i mean there's only a couple episodes that we think are skips uh, yeah i mean like you could sit there and be like what about that episode where like nightcrawler finds out mystique's his mom and mystique just cries in the window thinking that like, she can never be a mother like that's another good one or like joyride which was also the episode where we talked about every time we drove around in the middle of the night like that was so fun <laughs> 
Okay, that was funny because when we went to go watch Joyride, I was like, this is going to be boring. And then you and I were like obsessed. So Yeah, or like Shadow Dance, which is where all the Yoshis showed up at the dance. I remember thinking that was pretty funny. <laughs> okay, that is really good. I mean, I also enjoyed the episode where like the Brotherhood got to be good guys, even though they were creating their own issues and like wanted yes. to be like, what is this? But that even ended with like Lance being like, why are we even doing any of this? That was him being like, I'm kind of done being bad yeah but I, that's why i like the brotherhood mm-hmm. no good deed was that episode yeah. i think i know yeah. like so we could keep on listing episodes forever and ever but i think we both agree that uprising is the best episode and clearly we have like 70 other episodes we really enjoy <laughs> so it's hard because we gave so many of these episodes five out of fives we like, did it's- which is not the case with anything else we've done i mean x-men the end of series is really good but always I generally landed between like a three and a four just because like of construction. Because there would always be something there that was stupid or like made no sense or it was just rushed. Uh, it's just because like the 90s was like that in terms of making a TV show for kids that was like, we'll have this really dark plot line happening, but then also somebody needs to like fall down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And also like Gambit needs to get broccoli thrown at his head like comedically. I mean, I, I kind of love that. Or whatever Logan and Gambit just like fell down on top of each other. Whatever. Ever. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes that's a show. All right. Uh, so I feel like we both have the same answer for what our least favorite episode is. I think we're both going to say it's the Fred episode because that is like it is. really it's horrible. not great. This is, this is, I mean, African Storm has some problems, but I almost would say it's not a skip because it has some cool animation. Like it, it is still racist. You know, you can listen to the episode if you want to hear more details about that, of course. But Mutant Crush is so bad in like every level i mean it just is and like it's unfortunate because the writers on the episode wrote a lot of other amazing episodes on this show that but we i feel love. like even they probably after writing it they were like this doesn't make any sense because it's like that's not how fred is characterized for the rest of the show and no one ever refers to that episode I again know. you know what i mean like it feels like they were just starting out and they didn't know what they were doing yeah i know and it's it's just like it's it's so weird and like it's unfortunate because the fat phobic tropes with Fred are not just exclusives for this show. It happened on the animated series. We're going to see it again on Wolverine and the X-Men in a way that I consider worse than anything else we've seen. Great. Like whenever Fred shows up, he like the ground shakes and they're like, he's so fat, the entire ground shakes and everyone's like falling down. Well, I mean, Wolverine Origins was around that time period that that show came out and that, sh- that movie, like that whole scene with Fred is unwatchable. Oh, I know. I know. Like that scene was hard to watch it was so bad and you know i'm glad that he's like kind of had a a moment to reclaim himself in the comic books thanks to leah williams who we like recently had Mm -hmm. the chance to actually talk to by accident yeah (laughs) well it wasn't an accident it was very intentional she came to the x gala as an invitee of the house of x podcast so people can watch us talk to her along with other people and we taught we told her we really liked her fred storylines yeah but it's unfortunate that fred is treated in this way it is and mutant crush sucks ass and i'm just sad about it 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 really depicted him as a rapey monster and i was like what the hell and also like childishly stupid at the same time yeah like falling on food which would then start a food fight and it's weird because like as you said like the rest of the show he's like kind of (laughs) cool 
<laughs> like, I don't yeah. really know what happened there. So, I mean, like, despite other characters constantly mocking him and, like, the show shoving muffins into his hands, he does get a few moments that are really worth it. And, you know, of course, we called them out. The but- X-Men Evolution season f- series finale where... Magneto hurls a plane at the Brotherhood to kill them, and Fred just catches it. Was the fucking yeah, coolest badass. shit. And then he like throws it back at Magneto. I was like, man, this is actually awesome because like it is like he's unstoppable, and Magneto can't do anything to Fred because Fred's not metal. Yeah. Whereas Wolverine will like run at Magneto, and be like, I don't understand why I can fight Magneto. Also, Wolverine isn't strong enough to catch a plane. He just can't do that it's shit. It's crazy. Like, wouldn't you think that if you were creating a team of mutants that you would want Fred on your team because he's super strong. I think he can, yeah. like, there's something with him where he can jump higher, too. I don't really understand how that works. And then also, like, he's basically indestructible. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's incredibly powerful. Like, of course you want that guy. But for some reason, the show just forgets about him half the time. Yeah. But whenever it remembers his powers and lets him use them, it's always like, oh, yeah, Fred is fucking awesome. Like, remember him running through the entire train in no good deed to, like, clear a path for absolutely everyone on the train? Yeah. He was, like, more unstoppable than the actual juggernaut. I know. (laughs) It was pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. Also, Juggernaut is cool too. <laughs> I mean, we stand Juggernaut. Well, I, I love how I love how in this show he was very much like Xavier put me in this tube. I don't even fucking know why, and I'm gonna kill him. And Mystique's like, all right. <laughs> and we're also like, all right. Well, even like I think even in the comic books, I it's like, like also even in X Men TAS, we were like, yeah, we support it. Like, <laughs> yeah, whenever he shows up, he's like, my brother mentally tortured me in our teens and then like stuck me in prison and now I'm going to get out and try to kill him and Xavier's like for some reason Kane's always been out to get me trying to hurt me and he's just a monster <laughs> although I think now, at some point in the past like five or six years they've like well it's been longer at this point where the Juggernaut's been completely reclaimed and him and Xavier just like get along now probably because they grew mm-hmm. the fuck up like I mean that's the only <laughs> reason is that they like had these issues from their teens into their early 30s and now that they're like 40s 50s are like why are we doing this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i also feel like the idea of young people like bullying each other as kids and then growing up to not do that anymore is a lot healthier and more relatable to read than them trying for to kill sure. each other for the rest of their lives. I don't know. Although I do love that Juggernaut took the Magneto approach. He's like, I'm going to create a helmet that Xavier cannot get into because if you've really been that close to Xavier, you know the only thing you he's going to make a helmet. It's like, get inside your head. I don't know. I know. This is totally on our side. All right. So next question. Uh, it's a two-parter because I figure like I had it as two separate questions and I just knew it was not going to work as two separate questions. So it's okay. Who do you ship on this show and who's gay? Because got it. Yep. I mean, like, I feel like the characters you ship on the show are not straight. So like there's that. Yeah. Although I guess I could ship characters who the show doesn't ship. You know what I mean? Like if, well, if sure. I was like, well, the show's not depicting these characters as gay, but I don't really care because I want to ship them. Like, I can't even think of an example of that. But. Well, well, I mean, most of them, like Boom Boom and Amara was not exclusively said, even though that's what they're referenced to being. Right. Or like Mystique and Irene. Wolverine and Beast. Yeah. yeah. Nick and Nick and Logan, which was actually and- really great because they kept on like, <laughs> all this stuff with Nick, Logan, and Captain America was probably the gayest shit on this whole show to be honest with you it truly because was. like that episode with captain america was like so gay in a way that i was not expecting it to be like i knew it was going to be kind of gay but it was like logan so mourning over sex <laughs> like that thing where like 
Captain America's in the Snow White box at the end, and he Logan's yeah Operation Rebirth. It, that episode, I don't even know. What <laughs> like, to say about yeah, that. I was thinking about that the other day and how like Captain America and Logan do Baby Magneto. Yeah made no sense at all no sense at all no but like i do like at the end of that episode logan has his hand pressed against the glass case and he's looking at captain america and it's like i miss you like, i'll be back for you someday honey whenever you wake up i'll be there he's crying nick puts his hand on his shoulder he's like it's time to go and he's like can we get the fuck out of here dude like you've been standing here for 10 hours <laughs> i mean i think it's funny that nick just keeps letting logan do whatever the fuck he wants honestly mm-hmm. i don't know and mm-hmm. then like that whole scene towards the end of the series where like Nick shows up and Beast just gets so catty for no fucking reason. <laughs> Honestly, beautiful. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so these are all of your favorite ships. I guess you're answering the question. I mean, I did, I'm just saying ships that I, I agree. I think my favorite ship on the show, honestly is Kurt and Scott, which I was not expecting mm-hmm. or remembered, honestly, until we watched it on this <laughs> rewatch for the Mutant Ages and I was like yeah. why are Kurt and Scott like on top of each other at all times <laughs> like, yeah like to the point where it's like straight men do not do this right like because we said that and we're like straight men who listen to the show will you confirm that this is how straight men act and then some of them responded they were like no <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in the same lines, I think I've got to go with Rogue and Kitty, which is a ship I never would have shipped until I watched this show. <laughs> like, what? And now I'm like, damn. Or also Kitty and Danny. Like, well, Kitty what? and Danny, that episode's really gay. I feel like that's practically canon to the level of like Boom Boom Minamara, who also, of course, are gay and dating. But Kitty and Rogue is a situation where I'm like, this is just a ship. I don't know if the show intended this or not, but they end up with a lot of like sexy times together. Like they were in the vampire musical together. They like touch each other and then they do the dance. They share a room. What? I would never be gay. I would never kiss another girl. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they have a lot of moments that are a little bit like that. They're often paired together. They have a sort of like odd couple situation that Scott and Kurt also have that works really well where it's like one goofy hyper one and one more serious one. I don't know. I just feel like the ship works surprisingly well according to their personalities on this specific show and apparently I just like ship rogue with people because I'm pretty sure I said rogue and storm for the this question for TAS. I mean I at know. some point in the past four years of doing the beauty and ages rogue became your second favorite character like of yeah, all time. I don't time. know how this happened. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like very into rogue now. It's very weird. I never was when I was a teenager. I thought she was annoying which I feel like was just because I don't know. I couldn't connect with a character who was like so overtly sexual because I was like too embarrassed by that at the time. I also feel like we were like so influenced by Anna Paquin's Rogue, which was like Brian Singer being like, Rogue can't have any lines and she has to fall down a lot and be the person who gets captured. Like that yes. was the Rogue that was so popular for a long time. She seems really stupid and she like, yeah. I also feel like we loved making fun of Rogue's accent and being like, she's a dumb Southern Belle and like not really thinking about what she was saying because we were just having so much fun doing yeah. the accent, which is fair. It is a really fun it accent is. to it do is. and we still think that. So like there's that too. But I feel like watching it as an adult and like actually paying attention to the themes, I'm like, Rogue's a really interesting character. I like her a lot. I also, do too. she's totally bi. One hundred percent. I think her and Gambit are disaster bisexuals who are together. They absolutely and I fucking are. love it. Okay, hold on. We gotta ship Rogue and Gambit on this show, though. Even though they have one episode together, it is so good. It's like to the it's point great. where I was like, this show just like full stop brought in that animated the X Men the animated series back 
and they were like rogue and gambit are back to being themselves 100 where gambit's just being like flirty and annoying and rogue's like ah i'm gonna punch you in the face but later let's take a shower like you know like that's kind of like <laughs> the two of them yeah. i love them i i totally agree i mean it's tough because it's one episode okay well it's not really because they get a couple moments leading up to that that are fun and sexy for them but like it isn't really i don't know it's it's not like kurt and scott where it's like we just have so many episodes where we can root for them and be like oh clearly they have a thing for each other you yeah. know like it's i know it's just tough because it's uh, it's also, of course, they get to date. It's Rogan Gambit. We, we're not worried about that. Okay. Okay. Also, I like how neither of us are willing to acknowledge that Gene and Scott were together. On no, show. I said it when I talked about Gene and my little Gene speech guess, at I the beginning so. of all this. I don't really ship it, though. Yeah. I mean, like, I know they end up together, but I just feel like Gene could do better. I don't ship them together in the comic books either. Yeah, I feel like Scott does a lot better with Emma, and pretty much everybody agrees. I. That's how I feel too. And there's some people that are like Emma, you can do better than. A Scott and I'm like I kind of love the Emma Scott shit because Emma's just like I'm gonna tell you what to do and step on your balls and Scott's like okay meanwhile Emma just wants like a safe boyfriend yeah she's like the opposite of Jean Grey where Jean Grey's like I want like the dangerous boyfriend on the side where Emma's like I am the dangerous boyfriend and now I need like the stable boring boy scout yeah I like it um, I was going to do a shout out to Fred and Toad also because I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We've completely invented that, but I don't care. But also, have we? I don't know. I mean, insofar as like there are couples on this show, I'm going to count it. And I'm also going to count Pietro and Evan. Right. People also like are obsessed with Kurt and Toad together, like just floating that out there. They are. And I kind of get it, even though they're, they don't really have that many moments to do that. No. Also, Magneto and Xavier are like very weird on this show. I don't know if the ship quite works but it's there also omega red and logan who like <laughs> has that insane thing where omega red shows up he's like i'm here to get my revenge on you logan's like bub i don't even know who the fuck you are and omega red's like yes you do you just fucking ghosted on me and i was like oh okay boy. if we bring up logan we need to go on and on because there's like the motorcycle fight with colossus that ends in the barn and gambit there's gambit <laughs> there's fucking beast there's saber tooth like okay okay the saber tooth thing was insane remember the fucking beginning of the show where logan and saber tooth were like we're destined uh, yeah, to be we together never- <laughs> it was never answered destined to touch tips maybe i don't yeah, know like that what even was any of that we never find out that was really funny but i will point out that the show never gave a romantic interest to logan at all except for like all the men that he was like jumping on i don't know what that was about if it was intentional or not but i do enjoy the fact that logan's only relationships on this show was with other men wrestling on the ground and their clothes mm-hmm. coming off i was like what is happening i love it i love every second of it and I, I do love Logan and Beast together, even though it's not as obvious on this show as it was in the animated series. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm becoming like a Logan and Beast shipper, and I, that's something that's happened because of this podcast. So Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm here for it, and I'm excited about that aspect of Wolverine and the X-Men because I feel like it's going to be one of the things that keeps us going when the show's boring, you know? Like yeah. ships. It's all we have. I know. Also, shout out to Bobby and Cannibal. Don't know how that happened, but, you know, clearly they were meant to be together in some way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, so next question. Um, what plot lines would you like to see expanded in a potential continuation of the series? And what plot lines and characters would you want to see adapted into this universe should it ever continue? 
I think this is a good question. Mm. It is kind of hard because we know that if it had continued that they were going to do Emma Frost, the Hellfire Club and the Dark Phoenix saga. That was actually going to happen. Yeah. I think they said Corsair was also going to be involved with all that and them going into space. So, I mean, obviously we would like to see those things happen and those are the biggest gripes that everyone has that we didn't get to see. I think I would have liked to see Mr. Sinister as like an evil grad school teacher who like (laughs) somehow gets involved with the kids. I don't know. I know they weren't planning that at all. So that's almost why it's like a good answer. Okay. What if Mr. Sinister was like a college teacher at whatever school Gene was going to for college? Right. Exactly. And then like he somehow starts getting obsessed with Scott in the midst of everything. And like Alex Summers gets He's so Alex Summers so gullible on this show that I feel like he would get owned by Mr. Sinister instantly. In like a second. And a also second. Gambit would be part of this whole scenario somehow. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of potential with Mr. Sinister plot lines that like this show could do. Yeah, same. I also feel like this show had to end so soon that they didn't get to do War in Turns into Archangel. Yeah. I think that would have probably happened with this Apocalypse plotline. Probably, line. yes, because they just throw Warren in at the end and like He's nothing makes there. any goddamn sense. He's just there. He's truly just there. I know that they were going to add Psylocke and there's concept art for that. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what her deal was, but her like outfit is crazy. So like, I don't really know what they were planning to do with her. And I know that eventually they were going to add Ilyana, obviously because they had introduced all the new mutants yeah. and the whole thing with Colossus. And Colossus's whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. That got cut short about, we don't know what, was going on that Magneto was holding above him. I feel like they would have done probably a demon bear storyline with Danny. I could see that. I could see that. I would like that. Yeah, it would have been cool. I just like that Danny doesn't trust Xavier. (laughs) I also think it would have been fun if they had done an actual Xavier's evil storyline because the comics do it all the time and this show is just ripe for one. I mean, I think that they were though because even in that end sequence when Xavier's like this is what I saw in the future and like he's not in any of those so either he dies but it shows that Magneto takes over the X-Men like that was going to be a plot point sometime after the Dark Phoenix that's a good point and like what was going to happen to Xavier was he going to go evil was he going to die were they going to introduce Corsair and like space and like have Xavier go to space was he going to go off with Lelandra what would Lelandra even look like on this show all questions I don't know what will Lelandra look like in the MCU like I don't even fucking know about that will they keep the hair I don't know probably not probably not she'll probably have a cool helmet or something to like symbolize that looks like her hair yeah okay. yeah i don't know i i would love to have seen how rogue obtained her powers mm-hmm. that she gets from captain marvel because obviously they were gonna make her fly and get super strength but what was the deal with that was it just her gaining control of previous powers that she had in her body like juggernaut and magneto yeah. i don't know how that would have worked i also really would like to see how the Brotherhood would have branched off and become the freedom force that would have been so cool to have a spin-off show about them I would have loved to watch that. RIP this show. Okay, that's that's another question here. I'll just hop over to that now. Okay, great. <laughs> what character deserves their own spinoff from this show? Clearly, my answer is Fred and Toad for some reason, because I'm obsessed with the Brotherhood. Um, Wanda already got her own spinoff. It was called WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but not this version of Wanda. You're right. You're right. Not this version of Wanda. That would have been really cool. Although I like your idea that like the Brotherhood would get their own show. Yeah, like it would basically just be the Brotherhood makes good or something. And like it would be a show about or, that. Like, and like Pietro Force. would actually be gay and have a will they won't 
something with Evan, who's an adult now and is like, dude, you need to get your shit together. But also he's like busy leading the Morlocks. What about a spinoff show for Evan? I would love that. That would be amazing. And him like fighting, like him living with the Morlocks. It would be very gargoyles where it's like we're living in the shadows and fighting for our rights when called upon. I don't know. That'd be mm-hmm. a really cool show. Actually, it would be, it would be, and it would be totally original because it would be like this character who was created just for X-Men evolution. And now he gets his entire show. Yeah. He was one of the most popular characters on the show. So let's do it now. Let's just yeah. go ahead and see a spike show. Just go back and like make a show about Evan. Yeah. Why not? I would love to watch a TV show that was like the adventures of boom, boom when she's not, around because where does she go like i want to know where she is (laughs) yeah i feel the same way about x23 where i'm just like she feels like she was made for a spinoff show like she 100 she just obviously was because they came up with all these x23 comics after this like those are the spinoff show you know what i mean like they were like this character's awesome she needs to have more content so we're just going to create it for her she's the harley quinn of this show in that way she is she is i mean we have referenced that before where she was a character created for the cartoon and then became huge in the comic books mm-hmm. to, to a degree where it's like how crazy how popular she's gotten like she is wolverine now i know and it's crazy that she was like created to be in this show i mean again it's like why the harley quinn comparison makes sense because in both cases it's like they've had a live action version they're probably gonna give x23 her own disney plus show i wouldn't be surprised by that at all you know like she's so popular i wouldn't at this point. either i don't know i wouldn't either especially now that we got that miss marvel trailer by the way yeah, i like very cried. cool <laughs> yeah it's so fucking cute but like yeah i would see the mcu also doing a brotherhood show i think we know that they have said that they are planning to do a wolverine disney plus show they just haven't like formally announced it mm-hmm. um i don't know if they do that it would probably just be like weapon x or whatever i'm sure they're still like brainstorming it yeah i would watch a weapon x show like i would watch that shit but I could also see it having like X-23 in it as well, you know, to like sort of contrast like the modern with the past. Yeah, but I agree that she may get her own TV show in the MCU. Like I could see that happening. I could see Storm also getting... I think Storm's going to get her own movie eventually. Yeah. Because like all that shit that's been going on since Chadwick Boseman died and like the Black Panther 2 movie is in like... I know, it's become such a mess. It is like so unfortunate for them because like black panther is so important and, and yet- i can already see kevin fajiji like <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> he's like sitting there being like okay we need another black representation who else is just as big as black panther it's gonna be storm like storm's gonna become a huge piece well yeah but for what it's worth it wouldn't be the version of Storm from this show who's young and insecure. No. <laughs> it would not be. No. This is not the version of Storm that I would be spinning off to be its own show. It's going to be Storm played by Janelle Monet. I don't know. I like your headcanon of Janelle Monet as Dazzler, and now uh, I can't yeah, move right? on from that. I don't think we ever said it on this show. I think I just was throwing it into the Slack chat. No, we didn't. You just randomly like walked into Slack, and you were like, okay, hear me out. And I was like, this is an amazing idea. I don't want, I don't want anyone else to play Dazzler now. <laughs> I was like, Janelle Monet as Dazzler, since Dazzler was supposed to be based off of Grace Jones, and just like bringing it back to that. Just sort of combine all the vibes and let Janelle do it. Yeah, right? I mean, like, for a long time, I was like, oh, yeah, Lady Gaga for Dazzler. Like, now everybody's obsessed with the idea of her being Emma Frost, and I'm also like, I don't know. I kind of feel like Lady Gaga is too big for the role now. So It's weird because she's like an actual actress now. Like unless Dazzler had her own movie like she was supposed to. Maybe not the one that we read, but... <laughs> yeah, people need to check out our YouTube channel and watch that Dazzler treatment script that we read because that <laughs> yeah, right. was 
bonkers <laughs> and to even call that a dazzler movie is an exaggeration of whatever the heck that movie even was <laughs> i know and that it apparently was going to be animated i don't really know what the deal was mm-hmm. okay uh two more questions and then we're gonna wrap this up so um this one we kind of touched on at the beginning of uh, the episode but what did we find very relatable about x-men evolution which is a question i did ask about x-men the animated series right. and it's i think this is challenging for us because almost every, like episode, every episode <laughs> <laughs> we, we were like, this is flashing us back to our own teen years. Well, luckily, I don't know if this is lucky or not. I mean, the end of X-Men, the animated series, that last episode, we couldn't even like make it through. We, we sobbed like, and sobbed yeah, and sobbed. Yeah, we were crying. Like that, we talked about it. This, I mean, there'd be moments yeah. during this that would make us cry, but like not like that did. Well, I don't know. That episode where Jean gives the speech in front of everybody, like there were some episodes where I was like crying in a different way. Yeah, that episode with Jean is like... At the time, I was like, Jesus Christ, this was just our lives. I, okay, so I guess I'll start off with going something really easy. We've already talked about it, is that of all the characters on this show, I felt like our lives were more in line with the Brotherhood than it was with the X-Men, which is interesting because we were so obsessed with the X-Men and hanging out with the X-Men. But even in Warcraft Valley, the podcast, like we've been reading it on there and Poochie spends a lot of time just hanging out at the brotherhood house. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's just because we were the brotherhood. We were like the goth queer kids that like, we didn't even fit in like with the other queers that were out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, remember that episode? It's like super early on. I feel like it's like turn of the rogue or something like that, where the brotherhood is like standing next to the bleachers, like as rogue is walking in or whatever. And it's just, that part reminds me of us so much. Like just being slightly outside of the larger high school scene and just staring at everybody and being like, we're judging you. And it's like, no, you're the ones being judged because everyone thinks you're weirdos. (laughs) I I don't know. That whole thing reminded me so much of myself where I never felt like I fit in anywhere and like didn't have very many friends. I don't know. That was my life. Mainstream was a really good episode for that where I mean there wasn't like a moment in our lives where we were publicly broadcasted as gay to the school and so like we weren't experiencing it to the level that the X-Men did when they returned to school but there were definitely times that people would look at us and be like that guy is probably like I didn't come out even as bisexual to anyone beyond my friends until my senior year of high school like I came out to like Mm -hmm. you guys like in Katie's Cape House in like junior year or whatever. Actually, no, I didn't even do it then. Like you guys were trying to get me to admit it. And I was like, nope, I don't have anything to say. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't even remember that because there were too many instances of you not coming out for me to differentiate any of them between the each one, other. The one that stands out to me was the time that you, me, and our the friend Leanne were putting incident. pine cones out in the street and people running over them because we were teenagers and we were like 13, 14. <laughs> we were laughing at it. And like some woman pulled over and she goes, you need to remove this pine clothes or I'm calling the police in which everybody at the party that we were at at Katie's house were like freaked out thinking that the police were coming, even though it was just some angry Karen that was definitely not going to call the police. And she kept driving. Also, like, what would the police do if they showed up? I don't know. And then like everyone was like, we can't talk to these three kids at the party now because like. Because we were putting pine cones in the road because they would explode when a car ran over them. And we thought that was funny. Yeah, that's the reason. And during that conversation, you and Leanne both had told me you're like okay so we're by we both like men and women do you have anything to tell us right as like nope and I just like got up a lot <laughs> <laughs> okay I don't even remember that but I'm sure it happened it's like one of my favorite memories because it's just like it's 
I mean, maybe not favorite in the sense that I was still hiding who I was to myself, but it's like very funny in retrospect because it's also a, such a Ryan Pagella reaction. It's like, what do you think, Ryan? Oh, I don't have a common opinion. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do feel like relatable to when we were in high school and trying to hide who we were. And that, like, if people kind of figured it out, like, the way that people would give you judgy looks, there was definitely people who pinned me as gay anyway without even, like, being out of the closet and then bullying me for that. I think the amount of bullying that happens on this show to the mutants is something that we related to. Yeah, I mean, I've talked a lot about how people kept calling me a dyke in middle school. And, like, that was the period of time where internally I was like, well, I know I'm attracted to women, so I guess people can just tell that. And that was terrifying, you know, to just be like, how can people tell? And it's like, they probably couldn't tell because they were 12 and, like, nobody... Well, I mean, like, I I could tell you, like, all the way up until junior year of, like, my entire grade school existence, I was being constantly bullied for different things. And then eventually Mm -hmm. I went full-on goth, and like became the scary one. I mean, I didn't bully anyone, but like people certainly started leaving me alone. They started oh, making yeah. fun of me for other reasons because I was the goth kid in the corner. Right, but at least I did that fucking too. Stopped harassing me and like, well, okay, that's not true. They still kept harassing me, but it wasn't like <laughs> as aggressive as it was before. You also like had a protective shell that you had created for yourself, which I did the same thing. And I feel like we get to see the kids do that on this show, and like yeah. that's the part of it that we can relate to. Like that's part of why I picked Toad early on as a character that I could understand because especially growing up, you know, like, you know, I had my acne and braces and stuff and like, me too. I, I had greasy hair. I didn't like know how to style myself well. And it certainly wasn't the, the gorgeous supermodel I am today. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like that's part of why people were calling me a dyke was just because I wasn't presenting feminine enough for them or whatever. I mean, or ever really it's you like, you just kind of always done your own thing. So yeah. And so I, you know, I, I and so I think people just kind of, you know, made their own assumptions. And I didn't like figure out what kind of appearance I wanted to have or who I even wanted to be. Then I just was like, I don't know. All I know is I hate myself. And I feel like I could super relate to the brotherhood for that reason. Yeah. Because of that, because I was like, these are kids who are bullied constantly at school. And instead of doing the X-Men thing where they're like, guess we'll rise above it. The Brotherhood are like, no, fuck you. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. We are mad and we're going to just get mad at you yeah. and like take what we deserve. I'm like, that was something I understood. Oh, yeah. Even if I didn't destroy a train or whatever, I wasn't, I didn't have superpowers, but I was just like, I'm just going to be scary because like, fuck you, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And honestly, we've talked about it on this show too, but like, I, I mean, like, I don't know who your core group was in your high school because you were always spending so much time with us. <laughs> like, we did not go to the same high school, which is fine. Well, I was in a band. You remember that? Yeah, and you did some you did some shows that we came and saw. Yeah, that although you... I never got leads, but I, I was like in the ensemble of the musical. No, you were always like, why are you coming to see this show? I'm like singing behind a tree. And I was like... <laughs> I went to a really big high school. I did not get any lead parts in anything. Katie and I went to like every single show that Maddie was in and Maddie never understood why we were there. We were like, we did such a good job. There were reserved seats. We couldn't even sit together. So Katie and I were just like with random other people. Yeah, because the shows were really popular at my school. So it was like sold out every time to see all the popular kids be like the leads and then me in the background. Yeah, I mean, that's how it was at my high school, too. That's how it always goes. Mm -hmm. Um, High school drama is not worth it. Just go do your own thing. Make videos like we did. That's yeah, my, for that's real. My hot oh yeah, tip. make demon. Honestly, though, make demon. We had a great like time. Is what and we everybody doing. who was in demon was like our core friend group at 
at that time mm-hmm. and everyone turned out to be queer and it's like kind of <laughs> it's so crazy to look at that and be like okay we were all hating ourselves and not coming out of the closet and being bullied all the time and we all came together and like couldn't quite figure out why we were all weirdos that got along so well i'm like well we had a lot of commonalities as it turns out so yeah and i mean that part of it reminds me of this show too where it's like these are just kids who are weird and they don't really have something that they can connect to at school per se so they're just doing something else because it's like that's all they have and also like this tv show did a really good job at letting teenagers be teenagers in a way that like i hadn't really seen in a lot of other cartoons um you mm-hmm. know joy Ride's a great example of that where like we just talked about when how we would do the same thing how we would like sneak off in the middle of the night drive around and cause mayhem and drive over medians <laughs> in the middle of the road and get two flat tires get, get two flat tires call your dad in the middle of the night and be like oh i blew it too far uh, that's one of my favorite episodes <laughs> of our podcast because i just think it's so stupid like we were so yeah. dumb also like i mean i know he keeps citing the boom boom episode but when they go to the carnival and hang out as teenagers i'm like i mean yeah. that's an energy i still live in now like i have a yep. vlog dedicated to theme parks and carnival shit like i love that stuff but like how different it is when you're like a teenager and like that's the most exciting thing that could possibly happen in your town yeah it's like the carnival coming by and everybody getting on the rides everyone you know is there all the other teenagers are there everybody's like like looking at who's who on the ferris wheel and teasing each other over like who is and isn't on a date quote unquote like it's yeah that's teendom that's what it is that's true and i do find that like characters were relatable to like i mean you talked about toad but for me obviously it was nightcrawler because i didn't like Mm -hmm. i i never liked the way i looked and spike because it's like both these characters who are just really awkward and feel out of place you know because i got harassed a lot growing up for being like really 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 skinny which is like i don't know how else to like put this well you were also clumsy and you still are so you were kind of a nightcrawler type i was clumsy i was skinny i hadn't built any muscle i was very uncomfortable in this like long lanky body i was in it's like you either got harassed for being like a tiny twig or being fat and it was like i'm like what why why is it either way well it's like you get harassed no matter what like if you're in the middle they'd find something else to harass you over it's like whatever you look like it's wrong according to other teenagers yeah and i just i was always i really didn't like myself like physically or emotionally when i was at that Mm -hmm. age and that's something that i related to with kurt a lot because we both were like these twiggy little dudes who would like leap around and climb off shit, climb up on stuff, jump off of it for no real reason, take pictures of ourselves doing it. <laughs> Yep. And it's it, it's, yep. it's something I've embraced in my adult life. Like I, you know, I go to the gym all the time and I like, I love doing all that Ninja Warrior shit. And it's like, oh, this is just like my body type and that's fine. It doesn't matter like what shape you are. I don't know. Kurt's, Kurt's whole thing about trying to hide. Like, I do you remember, like I were really baggy clothes to hide that i was skinny like Mm -hmm. that is really fucking weird yeah i wore really baggy clothes because i hated myself too it was also very stylish at the time to wear really baggy clothes but i mean in my case i was wearing like a lot of really baggy clothes because i just hated myself and i was i was trying to be invisible like i was trying to be like no one noticed me but also like i wore the baggy clothes because like i was so twiggy that kids would like beat me up because i was like the strani kid and mm-hmm. they were like oh yeah we can go caress him because he's easy to throw around plus he's like not masculine enough like that's kind of how it was like coded you know i know i know and like people would do like awful shit i don't know i'm kind of glad that that time period is over yeah. in my life yeah? 
me too do you know there was <laughs> yeah. one time i don't know you can decide to keep well no we'll keep put in the pod because like i think people should hear it but like there was one time i was going down one of the staircases at school and some other kids were going up the staircases and one like full-on grabbed my ass laughed and ran off and i i just kept wow. on walking and like pretended it didn't happen as they were like saying he probably likes it and i like ran out of there and like i all i can remember was like feeling my skin on fire like i was freaking out and i like ran off and like hid for a period yeah like that's the kind of thing where you leave school and you never go back like jesus yeah, christ I know. somehow i went back but you know what's really funny is that i don't experience like that sheer feeling of like like i'm gonna explode like i did back then because i describe it in therapy where i'm like i would always feel like my skin's on fire my heart was racing and like i just felt like everything was burning different almost like different panic attack sensations than you might get now where it's yeah because like i think even i i think i learned how to deal with them in a not healthy way over the years but like in a way that like that particular reaction that had been happening since like third grade because that's how far back the harassment was going Mm -hmm. like would take over and then i was like in therapy i'm like i don't really feel that anymore but like i have other panic attacks that i'm also getting away from because of therapy so if you listeners like are really experiencing like that level of anxiety or harassment it's okay to seek a therapist to deal with those feelings because mm-hmm. i mean you can try and rise up against it in your school and good for you if you can do that or have the support that you need in your school but like we did not have that at all yeah we didn't have that <laughs> and it's okay to get help from somewhere else you know like you don't have to do it all on your own yeah and my sister who is a guidance counselor did answer our questions about how schools are like now and they do seem better and i think it's because a lot of the teachers now are like a lot of the nerdy kids because a lot of our friends are teachers and they're nerds and also like politics have changed in the past 20 years like it's different there's different ideas now about like how to raise kids right it's not like let's try to make every single kid the exact same and if they don't fit in we'll just bully them the same way that their other kids are like as teachers kids are awful in this way where they will do that kind of shit so like you know stand up for yourself that's important to seek the help that you need and even if you're an adult that is listening to our show and you're like oh hey i remember having these exact same feelings or scenarios and it's causing me panic and anxiety just hearing these stories but also good to hear them yeah it's okay to seek help it totally is it helps it's okay to seek help even if you're like i should be over it by now because honestly like Ryan and I still aren't over some of those things that happened to uh, us. And I yeah. still bring them up in therapy and like still work on them because yeah, my therapist is like, she's like, you know what? You first need to accept that you may never be over them. And like, you need to learn how to like exist with them and what to do when those feelings come up. And that's okay. You know, like to have a traumatic situation in childhood where a lot of people were constantly telling you they hated you because of some core part of yourself that you can't change. That's really scary. Yeah. And like, it's okay to still be hurt by that as an adult. It is. And I and like I, I think queer kids do experience this on some level at this point. But, you know, if you see it happening to other people, especially kids in the trans community, like, please help them because, mm-hmm. like, they're the ones that need you as an ally right now at this point because yeah. they're experiencing a lot that we grew up with and has changed to some degree for kids that are out and gay. Um, it's a lot more accepted, but I feel like the trans kids still have a lot of trouble with that. So absolutely. Like, especially depending on where they live, but like, we don't need to get really dark, but like, no, we I don't, mean, this we don't, show, I, I, this show brought up so much of that stuff for us and it still does because it's like, this was the time period we grew up in. This was what it felt like. And there's so many things on this show that 
just feel like one-to-one recreations of things we felt at that time. And that's so cool in a way. It's like special that there's this show that almost feels like an artifact of a specific time. It's like a historical document or something. It is. It is. And that was going to be my final question here is kind of overall thoughts on X-Men Evolution. I mean, obviously, I think it's stuck with us because it was very relatable and I was very excited to get to it on this show. Not that I disliked X-Men the Animated Series. I mean, I obviously loved that show, too. No, we had a great time with that. And honestly, I think we're going to end up liking Wolverine and the X-Men. I do. I really do. I think we're going to like it. I think we're going to be bored by parts of it. We're mostly going to find things that we think are funny and like we'll enjoy it. But it is like this show is its own special thing. It was way better than I ever remembered it being like looking at it through a critical lens which was really cool. Like, it's not like I thought it was going to suck or something, but I just was like, wow, this show really holds up to scrutiny in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, like, season one, we thought, I thought was going to be boring. And then I watched it with you and I was like, most of the episodes in season one are like pretty solid. Yeah. I feel like if you skip Mutant Crush, it's pretty much a awesome show and i recommend it yeah and also whatever the fuck ha- was happening on asteroid m because i still don't know what the <laughs> hell that was it was like magneto being mr sinister so <laughs> yeah the cauldron parts one and two why was it called the cauldron we don't know <laughs> I think we it, don't know it's because magneto's just like <laughs> doing a full-on ursula thing and he's dancing yeah. around the mutant cauldron bubble, putting DNA. Bubble, toil and trouble like what the fuck were those episodes <laughs> I literally don't know, but I, you know, I loved this show. I think it's awesome that it's on Disney plus and that people can watch it now. Like it's just right there for you. Whereas like we didn't necessarily have all the DVDs right away or whatever. At least I was able to watch the TV show when it aired on WB kids or whatever and record it on a VHS for us to then watch at the X-Men parties that we would hold. A thousand times. Yeah. Just like didn't air anywhere easily to access. I know. So, I mean, this show, it was really special. What, what are your big takeaways? I, are we saying goodbye to it properly? I feel like I'm going to miss, it a lot (laughs) i'm gonna miss it a lot too because i mean i i don't know if there's anything more i can say than i have already stated in which it's just very relatable very relatable and i think one of the very few shows out there that were queer coded enough for us queer kids to embrace and that many people who worked on the show have gone ahead and said that yeah like we were purposely making some of these characters be queer and yes the metaphors were based on lgbtq politics at that time Mm -hmm. and not recognizing like that's the significance it was going to have in our lives at that time and continues to many years later because i do go back and watch some of these episodes for fun like i watch the boom boom episode a lot when i just want to turn my brain off because i know Mm -hmm. that i can enjoy it which i can't say about a lot of those shows there's like not a lot of shows that i can go to a specific episode be like this episode i'm gonna watch today now i feel like you could add cajun spice to the mix and that would probably be really fun that was one of the ones i did go back to and watch though because katie and i would always be like it's the gambit episode and like put it on Yep. We have not watched yep. it as many times as we watched the Butter Dish episode because we like bought that VHS and we're, like we watched it all the time. It's so good. Like it's not good, but I, it's so to good. the point. <laughs> no, it's just like to the point that the I knew that episode because we just watched it so much in high school. I don't know why we were so <laughs> attached to the Butter Dish episode and then like became its own I like live creation on this show. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. But anyway, X Men Evolution. <laughs> great show i'm sad that it's gone i'm sad that we're moving into another era that won't be x-men evolution but we can cross our fingers and hope that 
with the X-Men coming to the MCU that it will open up the opportunities for either to continue or to see other variations of shows that do well because there were other shows at the time like Iron Man, Armored Adventures, which is the episode that has sort of the Jean Grey from this show on it, which we've decided that we're going to watch before we start Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah, there's a crossover episode where the Jean Grey from this show i cut this out of the other episode because we were wrong but now we can actually explain it correctly and i'll leave it in <laughs> um so the gene gray from this show uh the voice actor uh, she she guests as gene on iron man armored adventures which is m- much later i think in terms of when it aired yeah so it's kind of weird that she was on there it is kind of weird but like whatever we're gonna we're, we'll give that a watch yeah but we'll give it a whirl since the mcu is embracing the x-men and they're giving x-men 97 a platform to come back you know i think it's possible to see some continuations i i think i think this of wolverine and the x-men too i think they deserve the season two that they didn't get um i think jennifer hale was emma frost on that and i listened to an interview with her where she was like i don't want to give anything away because i really hope that they get the season two that they wanted you know with x-men 97 getting a continuation i'm like it's entirely possible we'll see some love for x-men evolution again or um even wolverine the x-men uh X-Men Evolution, though, it's just it's a it's a mark of its time if it doesn't, because it's like even like as a period piece, it works mm-hmm. like in terms of the style, the clothing, the fucking music in that show. It all brings me back. I know, walk on the wild side. Everything that time period. Like it's I, so much. You know how like music can sort of warp you back to a time in your life? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It'd be a sense memory, basically. I would say X-Men Evolution is the only TV show that warps me back to like 2002 to like 2006 because that was just our lives. And like, I just, Mm -hmm. I feel so strongly about that time period in my life. And I can listen to music that will also warp me back to that time. But like even other stuff that we consumed at the time, like video games or whatever, that obviously had an impact on us. Cause like, I mean, like, Apparently, we ha- felt the need to do a shot-by-shot recreation of Final Fantasy X2 for D2. <laughs> so, like, obviously, in Resident Evil, like, we have things that, like, when they come up, I'm like, oh, yeah, we wa- we play that at this time. It does not warp me back in time like X-Men Evolution does to that specific time period. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sad it's over. Yeah, me too. But excited for the future of the Mutant Ages and all the upcoming things we have planned and uh, that... I, we're never going to run out of material now that the X-Men nope. are coming to the MCU. So you're just going to have to deal with us being gay once a week for the rest of your lives. Yeah, this is it. I'm not sorry about it. Yeah, I'm not sorry about it either. Um, I guess that means we should transition on over to the plug section, huh? That's right. Is Pluggy going to get a spinoff show? I think he should. Okay, no, honestly, <laughs> if any of the characters we've invented for the Mutant Ages, <laughs> Cloakie would get his own fucking spinoff show. No! <laughs> Some characters... <laughs> what? saying this like they have enough characterization to even get that like what cloaky deserves his own spinoff okay to tell the tales of the land of cloakies the cloakies yeah okay sure i guess i would watch it what about oh my god i'm looking back at the highlights of who's that x when we did for this tv show for x-men evolution mm-hmm. and i forgot that one of the who's that x-men was ryan's video camera oh my god i wasn't that for spike cam yeah it was <laughs> yeah that was a great that was a great one i also love how in the recording of that podcast during the episode you say but we're gonna get into my video camera later and i'm like okay and i have no idea what the (laughs) fuck you're talking about because i had no idea at that time that you were going to make that the mutant spotlight anyway good times good times on the mutant ages folks let me just clarify 
that this has been Maddie's entire life with me where she'll ask me a question. I'm like, don't worry. I'll explain it later. And she has no idea what the fuck crazy shit I'm about to do. Yep. So. That's absolutely right. <laughs> um, so sciencescene.net, our website yes. where you can find everything you need to know. <laughs> legit though. You can type that in now and it takes you to the mutant ages. I love that we got that. It will take you to the mutantages.com. It will take you to uh, mutantages.com, sciencing.net. It's our new hit <laughs> website. Also, if we wanted to, we could pay extra money to get an email address that is zessin at sciencing.net, which I don't know why we would do that. <laughs> I, we don't need to okay. have that be our email address. But just so you know, Hold on. we could do that. No, what if we opened that up? And then allow the listeners to write in and have Mr. Sinister respond to them. Oh, my God. Do people want that? I don't know. I think you do. All right. You know what? You can tell <laughs> us on Discord or write into the mutantages at gmail.com. Okay. Well, it does It does cost additional money to have email hosting. So I would hope that if people want that, they would please consider buying buying something in the Mutant Ages store, which is in our, our description, or backing the Patreon. How amazing would it be? If, like, we had a listener mail that also had, like, a Mr. Sinister segment on it. Maybe we should have this be, like, a Patreon tier or something. Like, Mr. Sinister's newsletter. I don't know. We should we should think about some <laughs> options that we could use this for. <laughs> We're having a lot of fun. Um. So, anyway, uh, that's a reference to X-Men Evolution comic books. Uh, Devin Grayson came up with that. Uh, congrats to her for inspiring our new website redirect. Anyway, also on our website, we have an email address, which isn't Mr. Sinister's email. It's themutantages at gmail.com. Please write in. We're going to do a listener feedback episode very soon. Uh, we also have a Discord server. You can join that. You can tell us what you think about sciencescene.net. Um, we have a voicemail inbox. That's 1508-319-1668. And of course, we have a PO box, which is 3344 Natick, Massachusetts 01760. And you can write in or whatever physical mail send us physical mail uh mr sinister action figures whatever you want to send in dazzler action figures somebody sent ryan a boom boom action figure once i fucking love my boom boom action figure yeah okay? i mean people are out here <laughs> they're sending us stuff and we love it the two things that i collect the most of all x-men stuff are anything that's related to mr sinister or archangel if anybody needs to know mm-hmm. also boom boom but she's a rarity these days so yeah so that's uh that's the kind of stuff we like um Ryan, do you want to talk about social media? Sure. Um, So we exist all over the internet. Uh, We are famous for being on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, for famous. And Instagram. Yeah, like 100% famous. Yep. And uh, where else are we? I, hold on. I just lost TikTok. TikTok. Okay, so we're on TikTok. I got to update that. We're also on Pinterest and Tumblr. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. No, we're not on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What if we were on LinkedIn though? What if Nathaniel Essex was on LinkedIn and sciencing.net was his fucking, I okay, could, we aren't I, doing I, that I, because that's fraud. And I think LinkedIn would, would ban us, but should we do it? I do think that I can create a mutant ages like business page, which maybe I should now that I'd say that. Yeah, I actually think we probably could do that. Let me add more things <laughs> onto my plate to do. Um, anyway, <laughs> So I'm also on Twitter at Ryan Pagella and on Instagram at Ryan.Pagella, but pretty much any platform that you use, like if it's like TikTok or whatever, it's just if you type in my name, you can find it. Where else can we find you, Maddie? Oh, I'm at Mitty Myers, um, but you can keep going if you want because yeah, you can sure. talk about okay. your, your YouTube channel and stuff. Yeah, my YouTube channel. I mean, if you guys aren't tuned into my channel, you want to do that because the theme park season in New England is about to start in a matter of two weeks. So I'm going to start posting a lot of shit. Hell yeah. I mean, it's already nice out. I feel like the theme park season 
should start now. They should just go ahead and open them up. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but this is earlier than they did last year because we were just coming hot off of COVID. So it's nice to actually see people again and do things. But I go and I travel. I do theme parks. Also, it's always safe to do stuff outdoors anyways. So whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, like most of my shit that you see is usually on, like I go to arcades too. But for the most part, it's like outdoors. Mm-hmm. So Ryan lives for the great outdoors. Honestly, Ryan yeah. can only exist outdoors. If you, But if you like Disney and Six Flags and Batman stuff, like it's a great place to go. The other thing I was going to say is that we have a YouTube channel, which is called The Mutant Ages, and we are playing a game on there finally. It took us a full fucking year to get there, but we are playing the third Game Gear game. Yeah, listen, it's been a crazy year, to be fair, mostly for Ryan, not as much for me, <laughs> but, yeah. but so still. We are playing through X-Men games on there. We're playing the final Game Gear game, which is Mojo World. Yes, which has nothing to do with Mojo World. It does not. At all. But there's other things you can find on there, too. Like, we do a monthly live stream where we read a screenplay that has been unproduced of X-Men movies. We also will put up parody videos on there. Sometimes I take our show and match it up with the actual anime of whatever we're reviewing and just put our voices over logan's which is unfortunate for logan because he had, he does have a beautiful voice alongside gambit there's just so many things you can find in there including demon and d2 which i referenced earlier about us being the brotherhood you can watch us reacting to our old x-men parody movies that we made i also want to say a quick shout out that i am back on twitch again um, I'm not streaming every single day, but I am streaming right now. Resident Evil Kingdom Hearts. I put it to vote for everybody in the Discord. I was like, what do you guys want to see me play? So there's a Kingdom Hearts playthrough happening right now for anybody that wants to. Pretty exciting. Hear, if you yeah, me. anybody who hears us reference Kingdom Hearts endlessly on the show. I don't know who does it, me or Maddie, uh, <laughs> and neither of us. But, you know, uh, if you want to see what that is, you can see that over on my Twitch channel, which is also Ryan Pagella. Sorry that I should promote like 50 things. I typically don't. Uh, but there's <laughs> other things about the Mutant Ages that are probably more important than my Twitch. Uh, Maddie, what are those? Well, as I said before, we would love it if you could kick us a buck via our wonderful merch store. We have some new designs in there. It's definitely worth checking it out. And also, we have a Patreon. You can subscribe at various tiers and you can get bonus episodes of the show where we talk about all things DC, Marvel, and more in bonus episodes. And there's a whole backlog that you can listen to. And uh, our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out from us on this very show. That's right. Who are they, Ryan? I don't know. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Shout out to our top tier Patreon supporters, Samuel B, So Means, Soren B, and Zach S. Thank you. Uh, you just get a normal voice Thank today you. because this is us wrapping up. Uh, we really appreciate yeah. us. And if you can't support us on Patreon, you can always help us out by leaving us a five star. I mean, uh, whatever. I just say five star. You can leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you listen to the show on. It should be five stars. Really Let's should. be honest. Like That's what we're bringing yeah. to the table here. Like, why wouldn't it be five? You know, give us all five. We're like a five star level resort, except like in the form of a podcast. Mm-hmm. We are Michelin stars. Like we are fucking top tier. You can't get any better than this show when it comes to gay ass x-men shit yes okay and us being gay it's pretty gay you're getting the top of the line i'm gonna say that next week we have a listener mail with the first season premiere or season two premiere of mutant ages the comic book and (gasps) lots of emails and messages from all of you and then we also will be watching days of future past with todd the rogue cut the rogue cut so make sure you're watching that episode if you're watching along with us and finally, before we hop into Wolverine and the X-Men, we will watch the Iron Man, Iron Adventures episode that features Jean Grey fighting against Magneto. Mm-hmm. Or at least we'll watch it and we'll, I guess, decide if it merits an episode. It probably does. We'll, no, we'll you know just what? say Here's we're going to do that. It's, it's X-Men. It's an adaption of the X-Men. We will watch it. 
I was thinking about how eventually we're going to have to watch Superhero Super Squad, and I'm like, I don't know where, when the mm-hmm. hell we're going to do that, but Wolverine is in every single one of those episodes, and they do episodes with, like, Storm and Kitty, so... Well, okay, Ryan, if we do something with every single episode that has Wolverine in it, that's, like... I know, right? Every like that's like show. also like me being like, we have to do Spider Man and Friends because Iceman's in those. Well, we could do just the Iceman episodes and also the X Men episodes. Have you seen the X Men episodes of Spider Man and His Amazing Friends? Because they are really funny. <laughs> I probably have seen them. I don't know. There's like a scene where like the X Men get sucked in the door and like just spin around for a long time, and it's like the funniest shit I've seen in my life. I don't. I've maybe seen screen caps of it because I was googling a lot trying to figure out which animated show Jean Grey was on, and eventually you answered it, and you were like, "Oh, it was actually." an Iron Man show so I was looking up a whole bunch of Spider-Man shows and there's like a Neil Patrick Harris one that is really weird did you see that show wait what there's a show where Neil Patrick Harris played Spider-Man uh, I, I'm sure I saw it but I didn't realize it was him to be honest with you yeah <laughs> it, the animation style is really weird I don't know if you did see it it wasn't popular at the time there's a lot of content I, I also know that on Spider-Man or sorry Spider-Man is amazing friends I said Spider-Man the X-Men um, Magneto shows up a lot and does a bunch of goofy shit so that's kind of random I don't really I think of Magneto as fighting Spider-Man, but okay, I guess. I, mean, I think they just took like whatever character they could because like this was competing with like the multiple Justice League shows that existed at the time. So there's so many fucking Spider-Man shows, dude. It's crazy. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I get it now because at the beginning of our <laughs> show, we were like, we're really not that into Spider-Man. But at this but like point, now you are. Yeah. Well, Tom Holland managed to sell me on it, and then also into the Spider Verse, and I was like, you know what? Well, I like Into the Spider Verse, and I like Spider Gwen. I mean, also like then I started to read like Spider Gwen, and it was like, why can't this be the main Spider-Man character? <laughs> okay, but I agree with that. Anyway, the point is, um, this is an X-Men show. It is. Did we do everything? I think so. I guess we did. This was a lengthy episode wrapping up our tragic feelings over X-Men Evolution ending, so... Yeah, but well, to okay. to the future, and we hope to the you, future to the to future infinity and beyond <laughs> because time travel is real. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Yes, yeah, see you next time. Buy a shirt. See you next time. The mutant agent.